Hey guys, it's Nick. I'm just waiting for Ryan to show up and then we'll start the show. I am here. Hey Ryan, what's going on? Ready to get back in the swing of things. <clears throat> yeah. It was hard last week, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, but I will be listening to it soon. All right. So, welcome everybody to the It's Too Wordy Comic Book Podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about their comics from their childhood and today. Uh, Nick already introduced himself. I'm Ryan. And today we're going to talk about the letter Z. And our book of the week uh, came out last week, but that's all right. Transformers and Back to the Future. Crossover. Very interesting. I already did the Transformers Back to the Future, so oh, if you want to do did. that, yeah, just go ahead and do your take on it. It's cool. Okay. Well, I then I, okay. So no, we can I talk actually about enjoyed it. it. I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was a little bit better take than the Ghostbusters one. The Ghostbusters one was fun, but uh, I like the time how they're playing into with the time travel stuff. I think that was a lot of fun. Um, that was my take on it. <laughs> Truthfully, I just loved it. I thought it was great. I can't wait to see what the ne- happens in the next book. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying about how you know it's based in 1985, and it's the perfect time for both of them to be together because yeah. that's when Transformers was huge, and that's when Back to the Future. And it's like the perfect melding of the pop culture of that that time. Right. Couldn't agree more. Is a fantastic, uh, fun little read. A lot more pleasant than a lot of the other stuff I read this last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised how much I really liked it. IDW does a decent job with those books. Um, are all of them a hit? No, which I'll talk about in my random read section. But, uh, yeah, it, those crossovers with the Transformers, you're like, this isn't going to work. And then it's like, oh, it kind of works. Uh, granted, the only one that I've read that did not really work was uh, Transformers My Little Pony. Uh, yeah. That one didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us to letter Z then. Unless, did you have a new book for this week? I do. Um <clears throat> So this is from Dynamite, and it's called Dynamite, D-I-E exclamation point Namite. Oh yeah, yeah. It is awesome. If it has everybody in it, it has Vampirella, it has John Carter, it has uh, Red Sonia, it has Peter Cannon. Yeah, I don't like I read it last week and I'm not quite sure if I remember everything that's going on in it because, you know, I get to read my books at like midnight when everybody's asleep. Right. So being able to remember what's going on is kind of hard, but it's it starts out with uh, you're at a retirement home and there's a guy standing there and. His name's or sitting in a wheelchair, and his name's John. And they're talking in the background about how this guy has been 
alive since the Civil War. You know, they're like, what? That's ridiculous, pretty much. Like, no, he's, he, he tells stories and all this other stuff, right? And he travels back to Barsoom, which is Mars. And then it goes off to outer space where uh, a, a delegation from Draculon is on a way to a planet and it's carrying vamp Vampirella, of course, right? And uh, then it moves on to Red Sonia and she's looking for a dude that's constantly been a thorn in her side. And she finally catches up with him on top of this weird kind of altar. There's like a whole bunch of dead bodies around and he's standing on top. Then it moves on to Peter Cannon and he's in Tibet and he's being told that he's grown up enough that it's time for him to leave. And in comes a two headed demon and he has to fight that. Then it goes back to John Carter and he gets to Barsoom to see Dejah Thoris and everybody in town is a complete zombie. It goes back to Vampirella and it doesn't really go into much with her right there, right? And it goes to Red Sonia and she finds the dude, but he's also a zombie. And she has to fight him and she's like, well, you know, I should have lost my arm there. I should have had my caves, my head caved in there, but you are slow as crap. And she just takes the zombie out. Then it goes back to Peter and he's fighting the zombie who is a melding of his parents. And he has to free himself from the past is what they're getting to. And now he, he's available. He can go out into the world and, fight whatever this plague is. And they go back to John and he's he's dead. Like he his his spirit is on Barsoom, but now his body is dead. And it is a zombie. And he bites somebody, like the nurse, and there's blood everywhere. And there's an evil Ernie smiley face skull thing in the blood. And it's just laughing. So I kind of think it would be trying to fun to put evil Ernie with a whole bunch of like dynamite characters. Yeah. So it might be fun. You never know. It was, it was pretty good. It's better than a lot of the dynamite crossover books. See, that's what I was kind of thinking was Dynamite feels like it's one of those companies that it shouldn't need to have to do crossovers. I think they do it just because everybody else is doing it. Um, because they're, they have a lot of legacy characters. Why do mm -hmm. you need a crossover? Just build new stories off those legacy characters. Um, I mean, if it makes sense, it makes sense, I guess. I mean, Red Sony and Vampirella does not make a ton of sense to me or um, John Carter and Vampirella even. You know, it's kind of like those, but if you have them in the same kind of time time period, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. But it's good that you liked it. It was pretty good. I mean, it, it's not Vampirella, Red Sonia, Meet Betty and Veronica. <laughs> Nothing ever will be. Nothing ever will be. <laughs> oh. <coughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I've been seeing the solicitations on it. I'm just like, I cannot get into another big event like that. Um at this point, I think, with as far as big events go, it's got to be a character that I really like um, for me to really consider jumping into it. Yeah, I just I wish that they would all come together to fight more things than just zombies. Right. There are that other like... galactic problems that these guys could go and do, not just hey, there's a zombie outbreak or a vampire outbreak, or right. it's just always some kind of supernatural outbreak, and they all have to get together. Why can't they take down a massive mob boss? Right. Uh, right. Oh, all right. So, and you didn't have a letter Z this week, right? No, uh, because I figured you were going to do Zatanna, so I I did not do Zatanna. I did not do Zatanna. Are you kidding me? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> I thought you would probably end up doing her. So uh, I did. <laughs> we probably should open up the lines of communication a little bit better there. <laughs> um, no, I did a image character done by Ron Mars and the artist is Shoemaker. And it is Zealot. Nice. Um I picked this up a while, a long while back. I mean, this has got to be five, six years now. Um, I have never read it. <laughs> I've yeah. got a, just a long box of stuff that uh, I'm still trying to read through, and it never stops. We keep, I just keep on buying more. Um, but you never know what's going to hit you, you know? So um, this was actually published. I was trying to find the published date. It's an older one. Uh, we're looking at like 95, 94, 95 time frame. And she is a character from is it Wild, yeah, Wildcats. Wildcats. I was going to say Youngblood. I'm like, no, that's not right. Um, and this is like an origin story for her is what it is. Uh, it starts off with her out on the beach practicing her skills and they do this really extreme close-up of her eyes, and you can tell that she's catching movement behind her. And she turns around, and uh, it's Voodoo. And Voodoo made the comment, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be able to sneak up on you. Uh, I'm never going to be that good. She's like, no, I was Zealot's like, I was exactly like you were. And, you know, it just takes practice. And then it goes back into the origin uh, portion of the story. And um, it, <clears throat> it goes back to a flashback to go back into another flashback in time. So you have two flashbacks going into this. So she's battling um, these women warriors, and she's doing okay, but some one of them gets her. And 
she falls to the ground. She's about to get stabbed heavily with a sword. And this shadowy character comes up behind the one that's about to stab her and just kills this lady. Knife through the, or the sword through the heart. And you find out that it's uh, Prometheus. And she's like, I don't know why you saved me. Well, I, you know, we're, we used to be friends and that's what we do, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes into a flashback before that where they're all getting off the ship and they have Prometheus locked up because he was trying to um, do a mutiny and the ship's about to blow up and he talks to Zealot into letting him out so he could survive and go out and find his way. And it goes to show that, or she kind of just realizes that that was a massive mistake in her life. She should have never done that. She should have let him die. And that just goes into Prometheus being on this Greek island. They call it Olympus. Imagine that. Hmm. And he's trying to convince her to stay and help rule. Um, And... She's like, yeah, no, you should have died. I should have let you die. I was an idiot for letting you live. Um, and she's starting to walk off the island. He grabs her. She stabs him in the hand and says, this is me repaying you for saving my life. I am not going to kill you. I am walking away. Leave me alone. And she goes walking off. And Prometheus is saying, yeah, we're not done yet. I'm going to come and get you. So that's how issue one ended. Um, not going to lie, I picked it up mainly because uh, I was going through a image stage, the early image stuff at one point. And um, I really like Ron Mars just because of his work that he did on Green Lantern. I always liked his writing. So um, I picked it up. I've got the rest of the issues of it. I'll probably finish it up. But uh, was it anything to write home about? Absolutely not. Is it worth a quarter? Sure. If there's nothing else in the quarter bin. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't the like a great character to begin with. No, she I they she you know what she remind she reminded me of Psylocke. Yes. Uh like ninja skills, you know, kind of has that supposed to be that have that kind of vibe to her. Mm-hmm. With Absolutely no personality. Just nothing. No personality mm-hmm. at all. Nothing. Yeah. She's like a brick wall. Speaking of zombies. Uh... <laughs> right? Oh, it's bad. No, I mean, even reading the old Wildcats, she was horrible. The only reason people liked her was because of the outfit. And it was the time where it was the bad girl stuff. And yeah. she wore a really skimpy outfit. I'm yeah. not going to lie. That's why people bought it. Oh, I have no doubt about it after reading that. I'm like, This is not a great character to do a spinoff of. No. Um, certain characters are designed to be in a team. They should not be um, given, given their own stories. Right. So. All right. Well, I couldn't tell you what's going on at the shop because I haven't been into the shop. I was on vacation last week, so uh, I do think they have a sale going on, though, right now. If you're 
in the Omaha area, I think they're doing some kind of like uh, maybe twenty five percent off sale. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, they always have sales. Yeah. They <laughs> always. <laughs> Uh, couldn't tell you what else is going on at the shop, so uh, no updates there. That takes us to random reads. Yep, you have some random reads. I have three. Okay, I think I'm going to do my two real quick because you seem fairly excited about yours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I want the random reads to end on a positive note. Um, <laughs> oh boy, it's not gonna be positive. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, I read in a, another IDW book, um, a Deadpool IDW book is what I read. Mm. Um, you may be wondering how is Deadpool on, on IDW when Marvel owns the rights? Well, what they did was Rob Liefeld decided to make Snake Eyes into Deadpool. Um, <laughs> Snake Eyes Dead Game. This is horrible. I, the, I am not kidding how bad this is. It's just ridiculous. Um, Snake Eyes is actually fighting Japanese gods. And at what? one point. What? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, yeah, it... Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm not kidding. There is a point where they capture Snake Eyes and they put him in a red costume with pockets. Uh, the only way you can tell it's Snake Eyes over Deadpool is he has the visor. <laughs> I will not be buying any more of this. Um, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> Run away from it. Um, if somebody donates it to you, uh, get rid of it. You know, it, it, it's there's so many good GI Joe books out there, and that is not one of them. Run away. Okay, and then I know earlier, even in this episode, I said I'm not I'm staying away from the crossover books, but the reason I'm getting this particular book is because Black Canary is a Green Lantern. It is Deceased Dead Planet, and this one's issue three by Tom Taylor. Um, Detective Chimps in it, which is awesome. Uh, John Constantine... Santana, um, Swamp Thing, one version of Plastic Man. Plastic Man became a zombie creature and is a moat around um, the Swamp Thing's safe space green area. And Santana has to get him out of it. And when she goes out and she destroys this evil looking plastic man. I mean, it is just unbelievably how unbelievable how evil this character looks. Um, this was a lot of fun to read it. Dr. Fate shows up. I mean, 
this needs to be read. If you're not reading it, you don't need to know anything beforehand, really. Uh, Deceased basically was the zombie apocalypse hitting uh, the DC universe. And it really focuses on the magic users. And I think that's why I really like it. Um, like I said, I was picking it up because Black Canary is the Green Lantern in this. Mm-hmm. But it really focuses more on the magic users in these last couple of issues than it really even does on uh, this, you know, the main superheroes. They, they show up. They're there. But, I mean... Oh, that's the other part I was going to tell you, Nick. This is this is great. <laughs> so Constantine finds Jason Blood in here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he turns into Etrigan, and he's about to start rhyming, and Constantine goes, before you start, could we please skip the beep rhyming? <laughs> I just lost two friends, and now I'm in no mood for amateur poetry hour. Nice. And he doesn't rhyme. <laughs> like, that's a cool character without the rhyming. Yeah. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this. That was actually worth the pickup. Um, a lot of fun to read. I, I've really been getting into more of the magic users of the DC universe, and it's been really enjoyable. There's a lot, and there are a lot very interesting characters for the magic users in DC. Yeah, and you, why don't they do more with them instead of the I don't same know. three? You know, I'd love to see more of Madame Xanadu. Um, that Vertigo book that they did, Madame X, amazing. Yeah, or uh, there's or was it Xanadu? I can't remember. What it was, it was, it was Madame Xanadu? Yeah, Madame Xanadu. That book was unbelievably amazing. Um, the Zantana book I read, uh, that, oh, was it Greg Horn did the covers of them or something? Yep. It got real hot. Amazing. Those books like that, I mean, they show up on team. Those are characters that you can go out and do something with, unlike Zealot. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I have. Cool. Um, last week I, I, got a whole bunch of stuff in the library and I was like, Oh my God, I got like a stack of like, I think it is like six inches tall of graphic novels. Jeez. And I picked up Star Trek, Starfleet Academy issues one through five. And last week I ragged on it because it had, it should be just about new characters going to the Academy. Right. Right. No, it's got half of it about the new characters, half of it about, Kirk and Spock and Uhura, right? And after reading all of it, it kind of makes sense why they would put Uhura and Kirk in here because they're looking for a signal in space. Uhura finds it, of course, because she's the best at what she does. And that's listen for signals in space. And it, it, the kids, the new kids, they find the ship that she's heard t- like two years ago they find it in space during their their competition against other schools. And yeah, it makes sense. It, it's actually really cool when you get to it. Like if you want, I, I don't know, like a competition between kids meets Star Trek. This is, this is great. Characters are cool. 
yeah, so it's a lot better than I thought it was originally. I guess that's what I get for reading one issue out of five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind on that and smack myself in the face for saying it was bad, but it's actually really cool. <laughs> so now let's get on to the crap. So there's a quarter bin at the local shop, and I went diving for some small press weirdness and I found it. So this is from 1991 from first publishing. This is called Metaphor. There's four issues of this. I only got the first one just to try it out because there's so many fantastic four ripoffs. And I was expecting this to be one of them. <clears throat> this book is insane. It's in, it's so crazy. It took me an hour to read it. It, it it is so thick and it is so whacked out. It starts out with this woman who who her name is Jane who left her body. And now every time she, she has to tell everybody this story, like once a night she has to enter their dreams and tell them the story of what happened to her. And there's this there's this crawl, like a Star Wars crawl on page two, but it's upside down. So if you can't read it upside down, you got to turn the book over, but I can read it upside down and it makes no sense. <laughs> so there's this, this ball of energy, right? And it's traveling through the universe and it lands on earth. And inside of it is this weird glow worm. Remember glow worm from the eighties? A yeah. toy, yeah, the creepy worm thing with a stocking right. or a sleeping cap, and yeah, yeah. So there's this alien inside of it looks just like that, right? <laughs> and he can also turn into the ball, and he goes into uh, Jane's house, and she's doing crazy supernatural rituals she's got like the bones out she's got like the candles on skulls she's got the runes and something enters not her but her fish and her fish starts talking to her and is like uh you look hungry right and she eats the goldfish and her roommate walks in and she's got the fishtail hanging out of her mouth and then it moves on. She's like, I have to tell the story in five parts or 12 parts or something like that. And so it moves on to the second part and they're at a huge military installation. Oh God. Okay. So let me see if I can remember this. The, uh, they are this was another one that I read when I was asleep. So the military is Project Blue Book. Like Blue Book never went out of business or went like went away. They just went in and de went deeper into the government. And they are in an installation. of a, like a new age Institute. Right. And 
I'm trying to think of what they are, but they're kind of like MK Ultra. There's a whole bunch of like aliens walking around. There's a woman who can do magic who turns like an alien into a little like fish. There's a room of monkeys, like a hundred monkeys typing. And they're like, look, at, <laughs> look, look, we we're getting somewhere. Right. And <laughs> like, it's impressive. You know, it's true that you can put a whole hundred monkeys in there and they'll like rework the, redo the library of Congress. Well, here's what we got so far. Uh, Jag, uh, could you, now is the time for all germ foozle. Like it's just gibberish. Yeah. And so they take him upstairs and he's like, okay, let me see the the people, like the four. We don't have anybody like that. We don't we don't know what we're talking about. And this military guy falls down and apparently has a heart attack. So they rush this guy back into the hospital and they're, they're talking over his body. Like he's already dead. Like, Oh yeah. You know, we, we've got to, you know, keep these people secret. And he's like, wakes up. He's like, I knew it. Oh, you have these people. And they show him this room of like four like hibernation chambers. And then it goes into one of the ladies dreams that are in the hibernation chamber. Oh my gosh. She has a talking cat in it. She's talking. She's, she was on a date before this. And her friend Alice came along in the date and Alice is a huge bimbo and she was trying to steal her date away. And then her cat's like, uh, I'll see you later. Bye. And it's like, what? This, oh my God. And then she's, diving into the water and she's completely naked and she's this book oh my god so there's there's her it goes on to like this book takes like over like five years of them so they're after a while they just sort of like wake up out of their chamber and the entity comes back down the military sees it. They have to fight the military. And they escape. And this entity is from a, a world where all it can think of is hunger. So it's got a whole bunch of like people on Earth that follow it. And they have a hunger cult. So there's an army of people walking down the street dressed like milkshakes and hamburgers and french fries. And one of the four decides to crash this meeting also completely naked goes in sees a lady tied up to a hamburger about to get um i'm sorry did you say a hamburger yeah she's tied up to a hamburger okay, okay. underneath <laughs> a statue of the glow worm and she's about to get sacrificed to it and the lady realizes that it's her herself tied up and they yeah i don't know it's crazy dude it's so crazy i don't even know how to describe it that's like the best i can do to describe that book 
there's so much going on that it doesn't make any damn sense. So now comes the greatest find that I've ever had in my life. Growing up in the 90s, this, this book was everywhere. And I never got it because I was ashamed to bring it home. And I'm kind of ashamed to own it. What works? This, oh, no, this is even <laughs> worse than what works. This is from 1995, and it's from Topps Comics. Any guesses? Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. No, I would love that. Let's see. Topps Comics. I'm trying. Mad Mars Attack, Zorro, Cadillacs, Dinosaurs. Yeah, Lady Zorro. <laughs> Lady Rawhide. No. Yeah. This, no. this is the Barbie Twins Adventures number one from Topps Comics. With art by Fastner and Larson, which I love Fastner and Larson. I have some of their work in my house. Um, this has a, a special appearance by Everett Hartso's Razor, and I loved Razor back in the day. I don't know why, but this book is effing ridiculous. They take... The concept is stupid, right? So these two girls got famous because they have giant boobs, and they were in Playboy for one 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 issue back in the 90s. Yeah. They're twins. And their name is Shane, Sia and Shane. Shane. Her name is Shane. And this book is pretty much about how vain they are and how ridiculous they are. And they gave they gave the rights to this. So they're at home and they're they're getting makeup on because they have to photo shoot they have to go to. And they get a phone call from the doorman and he's like, uh the helicopter's here. You want me to walk you up to it? And they're like, no, we're, we'll see you later, dude. Uh, we don't like you. Bye. Right? And uh, their helicopter pilot is a woman named Betty. And her she turns around and her face is completely jacked up because apparently in an issue that was never created or back in the past, they dumped this lady in a vat of acid. And now she wants revenge against these, as she calls them, brainless boob bags. Oh, Kadoke. Right. And uh, she flies a helicopter over this vat of acid, right? And all they keep thinking about is their faces. Like, oh, what's this going to do to our face? Oh, man. we. Um, oh, no. Right. Are, well, how are we ever going to survive if we're not pretty? And so one of them has this idea, right? So this, this goes into the fact that this happens. Th this series apparently has been going on. It's like Leonard part six, but there's no Leonard oh. part one or one through five. I actually so, tried to find Leonard one through five because I couldn't I, figure out why where six came from. <laughs> I wanted Leonard one point one through five back in the day, but <laughs> so they're in the helicopter, right? And they're like, Oh, Get your uh, look in your mirror, right? And they pop their mirrors out, and they the mirrors tra they transform like they're compacts. They transform into like like pistols, right? And they fire Ugh. it inside the helicopter, and the whole thing is ablaze. Okay, so at this time, they they went from wearing pink outfits with red or black dresses 
They get knocked out. They find their guns. Now they're wearing white outfits with black dresses. They blow up the helicopter. They fall out. They land through a time portal or a, a space portal. And now they're wearing pink cat suits all the way undone to their belly buttons. And yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember where this goes because it is so stupid. Um, so they, they go from wearing the cat suits, then they go to another world and now they're wearing black bikinis and they, yeah. And then they, they, all, all of a sudden they're wearing like uh, gold armor riding horses. And that's the end of that part. And okay. So this is a flip book. They could, they, why they did a flip book that is so nineties and it's ridiculous. Well, there's two of them too. Right. So the second one, the second story is they meet razor and they're going after a queen city mob. Right. So they're in a totally stereotypical Italian dining establishment. Right. And there's a, there's a Don sitting there and the Barbie twins walk in wearing their pink jumpsuits with all the way jump, like down to their navels. Right. And one guy's like, you know, that razor chick, she's going to get me and the, the stoolie's like, no, don't worry about it, boss. We, we got it, you know? And then you see some guy getting flown across the room and there's razor just cutting people's arms off, cutting people's heads off, cutting it like everything. <laughs> and this is all done by Fassner and Larson. So it's actually really nice looking, but the story is so bad. Like the, the girls get involved. They have like bracelets that can shoot lasers and, one of them is getting choked out and she's like, leave her alone, you big bully. And she snaps on his, like his foot with her giant high heel. And the other one's just pissed. She's like, Oh, okay, that's it. Now you're really going to kick butt. Like that's actually the words that they use in this book. Uh. And so they just let razor destroy this entire place and then she's like see you guys you know and all the the one of them cares about is that they messed up her hair they just were in a room full of corpses and all she cares about is how her hair looks ouch <laughs> so the other funny thing is how much pub this book had so there's a commemorative set for this that had an 18 by 24 lithograph of the twins by matt haley airbrushed by he peter sue and signed by the twins themselves. Holy shit. Uh, it comes with an exclusive limited edition version of the, the comic. Signed by Robert Conti, Matt Haley, and Tim Simmons. That's $50. $50. And then inside it has the story of the twins, right? Like, their their life story. Like, who cares? Who really cares? <laughs> but you can also get a poster of this it's 22 by 32 and it's five bucks no thanks like god this book if i remember right this book was everywhere back in the day like 
they it was always in wizard for some reason and it is probably the most 90s book of all 90s books because holy shit it made no sense <laughs> what like why why did these two get a comic book like oh my god yeah so that's all i got yeah i, I totally recommend metaphor over the barbie twins oh, at least fantastic. metaphor was funny barbie twins was effing horrible and it was a quarter and i still cringe looking at it <laughs> Well, aren't you glad you didn't spend the full, what, two bucks back in the day? How much was this back in the day? Um, Three dollars. Three dollars? Three bucks in 95. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So, mm mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you may have hit a mark that I probably won't even stoop to. <laughs> I like a lot of that weird, weird stuff, but uh, I don't know if I could do the Barbie twins. It's it was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. I have a hard enough time with barbed wire with uh, Pamela Anderson. So <laughs> I was reading one book, and I was like wow, it's barbed wire, and it wasn't. It was somebody that looked exactly like her. I just can't remember what book I was reading. And yeah, I don't even want to remember what book that was. (laughs) Oh. All right. Well, I suppose that moves us over to our top ten, which has been reduced to the top five. Because there is not a lot of Y characters out there, just like there are not a lot of X characters out there. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first because you've been doing a lot of talking there. All right. Five is Yagababa from Books of Magic. Four is Yondu. Three, Yellow Jacket. Two... Yellow Lantern, who was a alternate version of Hal in one of the Superman books, and he went by Yellow Lantern. So I wasn't trying to cheat by doing Sinestro's whole core. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then number one, Yalangar, the original Green Lantern that bequeathed unintentionally all his power to Alan Scott. Wow, nice. Um, Probably a lot of the same. No, actually, mine is a lot different. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number five, Yondu. Not the movie Yondu, but the Guardian Yondu with the mohawk and uh, the bow and arrow. Um, Number four, Young Miracle Man. Number three, Yukon Jack from the horrible version of Alpha Flight. Um, number three, Yamcha from Dragon Ball Z. And 
number one yellow jacket because I'm a huge Hank Pym fan. So, and I think that's his best incarnation. Yeah. I do like him as a, as a yellow jacket. All right. What about news? Do you got any? Um, no, I did talk a little bit last week about the Green Lantern TV show. Yeah. That they're putting on HBO. Yep. What do you think about them focusing on not Kyle, not John, and not Hal? Like, it's going to be more about Simon, Jessica, yeah, Alan Scott, and... Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to focus on a lot of the B lanterns. So, and I, I don't think know. that may be the way to go with it. Was I disappointed? Absolutely. <laughs> Do I necessarily want to see Hal or John? No, but I would love to see Kyle, you know. Um, but I think going this route with the B characters, we, you know, you still have the diehards out there for those characters. But if you go, who's my Green Lantern, you know, or who's your Green Lantern? Odds are they're going to say it's going to be Hal, John, or Kyle, right? Get right. a few people I'll say guy. You're not hearing anybody say Simon. You're not hearing you say, say Jessica. People don't know who they are. Um, and the reason John's in the spotlight is because of Justice League Unlimited and Justice League, the cartoon. That's who they put in there. And now he is a major piece of the Green Lantern universe. So by putting in mm-hmm. those other characters like that, I think is a smart move. Um, I think there's a lot you can do with Jessica if you get the right actress. Um, Simon, maybe they can save him because the comics have done him no help whatsoever. Um, you know, I think Alan, obviously Alan's going to be playing the part more of a, uh, I'm sure a role model type, um, giving guidance type deal. I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see what happens with it. Um, I don't have HBO max. I'm probably not going to get HBO max just for this, but I will buy the series when it comes out on DVD, when it becomes available and pick it up that route. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to get HBO just for that. Yeah. But I wish I could. You know, or, you know, I really would like to see it. Just I'm not going to get HBO just for that. The one problem I have with it is it's Greg Berlanti, who did the Flash TV show, Green yeah. Arrow, Supergirl, uh, Black Lightning. Well, and Arrow, and I'm just like. Uh, can you give it to somebody else? Just give it to somebody else, please. So he doesn't screw it up. See, I, I watched a lot of the Arrow. I'm trying to think of what else. I watched a lot of Arrow. I watched all but the last season, and it wandered so far off of the main premise that it was just like, what is going on? See, the I Flash the kept going season... back to the past, and it's yeah. like, come on, dude. You're always with the future, always with the past. You just do what you do. I think the first couple of seasons were good. 
and then they kind of drop the ball the rest of the way. And I don't know. I'm just happy that they're giving them some love because, I mean, truthfully, when you see anything advertised for the uh, superheroes nowadays for DC, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash. That's really it. Yep. You know, maybe, maybe Cyborg, just because of the movie. But you're, you're, you don't see... I mean, Green Lantern was one of the major characters for a long, long time. And they've just pushed it, that character, to the back burner. So it's nice to see some love coming his way, or their way. Right. Have, would you ever think if you see the day where John Constantine is more known to people than Hal Jordan? No. No. John Constantine has been his I, own show. He also in Legends of Tomorrow. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of kids out there that know John Constantine more than they know. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, I that is absolutely I can understand nuts. to a point. I mean, the technology wasn't there up until recently to be able to do a whole lot with the green. I mean, the, you got to be able to con- show the ring using the power and all that, you know. And then you're looking at a space opera as well. Um, so you've got to you need the technology to be kind of caught up to a point where you could do that justice because I mean, I don't know. You ever see, the... did you ever see the justice league yeah. pilot? See, that's what I was about Ooh, to read for too. It's like, that was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, you know, they did have that, uh, Green Lantern cartoon there for a while that was really really good um, and people just didn't jump on it like they did with the Teen Titans and stuff like that And so hopefully they can do it some justice and it'll build up those characters and really show those characters off yeah let's hope yeah I know that's what I'm doing DC released some major news this week. Future State, formerly known as 5G. (laughs) You're right. Um, Yeah, so I I was looking at this and they have. They have some goofy stuff going on here. Um, They have like two major Batman books. Here it is. Isn't it called like The Next Batman and Dark Detective? Yeah, The Next Batman and Dark Detective. And then they have like four spinoffs or one shots. The Outsiders, Arkham Knights, Batgirls, Gotham City Sirens. Um, then they have, you have the next Batman, right? And they got dark detective. Then you got future state, Superman, Batman, Superman, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Nightwing, Robin eternal. 
Um, Superman of Metropolis, The Guardian, Mr. Miracle. Uh, then they got four one-shots for that. One of them looks like John Carter on Mars kind of thing. Then they get into the Justice League books. Now, what I am excited about the Justice League book. Josh Williams is writing it. He's a fantastic writer. And did you happen to see the Green Lantern that's in that Justice League? No. It is the one from Far Sector. Oh, yeah? The one they're, they've been doing right. <laughs> nice. Um, then they got the couple of Green Lantern ones. Uh, Last Lanterns and... What was the other one? Tales of the Green Lantern Corps. Looks like Nort's making a comeback. And then they got a Suicide Squad. I mean, it's just... It's like <clears throat> they have two issues of some of the main characters. Superman, Batman, that kind of thing. And then they have a bunch of one-shots. And it's stopping all other books being published for two months. Um, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see. I'm hoping it doesn't turn into like uh, year one, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I ever, if I, and fill me in if I'm missing something. But did they ever go back and talk about what happened in that year they jumped ahead? Uh, what was that? What's that? What was that? Was that five years later? Yeah. Yeah, it was five years. Or Was that what it was? Five years later? Because I remember Hawk that was after, went to Hawk Girl. That was after 52. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um. No, I don't remember what it was called. Uh, I think. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up here real quick. It was funny because I have that complete run of Hawkman and Hawkgirl right. when they did that, and I think the only difference was they just added nipples. Yeah, the the stories got so bad that they just had to add nipples to it, and of course that was. Uh, Howard Chenkin doing the art, so of course it was. So he had to add them on, like he does for everything. He's like Frank Miller. Two thousand and six. So it was before two fifty two because fifty two was two thousand eleven. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember any like what happened in that year because things were so different when the, you know, because you went to the next book, boom, way different. Okay. You figured it, they would do like 12 issues and then jump back and kind of cover that previous year. Everything I read, they never went back and talked about it at all. Yep. It's just really ridiculous. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing what they do with those. I think it'll be a lot of fun. 
Um, I think they're doing it right by only making it a couple of, you know, two months of two month event. Keep it short and sweet. See how people feel about it because they are going to be introducing new heroes as far as who's behind the the masks. Um, I think it could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get over to... Was there anything... Oh, go ahead. No. Uh, the Eisner Awards. Was there anything that you guys... You saw that you... Liked that one of the Eisner Awards? Um, A lot of them... I was kind of looking through. I, I liked a lot of the stuff that was nominated. Uh, as far as some of the stuff that let's just won. let's just put it this way, right? Yeah, I'm there, pulling it up here real quick so it, I can kind of scan through. It's all pressed store. in Omaha that specializes books from small press, right? So if it's... Right. My computer is frozen again. I swear to God, the Eisner Awards is trying to screw my computer. Um, Silver Surfer Black. One, and I don't know. It was all right. I read that. Most of it until I, I got know bored you of it. Kirk really liked it. Well, I liked I it. I couldn't do it. But... I don't care. Um, there's a lot of books out here by. Um, yeah, my computer is screwed, dude. Thanks to work for screwing my computer up. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. It's just so lag. Yeah, like books like Drawn and Quarterly, Top Shelf, Chronicle Books, Sheldon Comics, Shorts. You're not going to find those. Fantagraphics. A lot of these are, let me just say, hoity-toity comic book nerds going out and buying things that are for them. Like, oh, I love this book. Like, no, don't. You don't love this book, nerd. Like <laughs> I only buy, I only buy my comics because they have the Fantagraphics logo on them. I only have drawn and quarterlies. I know these people. I used to hang out with them, and they drive me bonkers. Um, lot of, yeah. Like I, I spent about ten years with these people, and give me. I don't know. I mean, the, th the thing is, I I, well, I don't want to read a comic now. about day-to-day -day things that I could just go do. I, I told you my computer is really screwing up. Right. Like, uh, I mean, best archive alley oop that won an award. You just cleaned up images and stuck them in a book that you didn't have anything to do with. 
You won an Eisner Award for taking somebody else's work and throwing it in a book. Great, right? I am glad that Stan Sakai, Yosagi Ojimbo got best collection. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Um, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, Chip Zdarsky? Chip Zdarsky won a freaking Eisner Award for Daredevil? Yeah. Why? There has been... People are just raving about that Daredevil. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't. I can't. I can't get into it because the stupid numbering system. I was fine when it went from the main title to the new numbering, and then that that issue stopped, and then they went to another one, and this is like volume seven. I, I'm done. I I can't. I can't put it in a box like okay so this is it's too hard to keep track of is that yeah. just me because i cannot stand it you know i like to see i like looking at the list of the nominees a little bit better than actually who won just because of you know a lot of those nominees i'm like oh yeah that should be something that should be getting nominated um, pulling it up here real quick. So, best continuing series: Bitterroot, Criminal, Crowded, uh, Daredevil, Dreaming, Immortal Hawk. Yeah, I've heard nothing but fantastic things about the, most of those. Did I read all of them? No. Best limited series: Ascender, Ghost Tree was absolutely amazing. Uh, Senate, Naomi, Little Bird. Uh, best new series, Doctor Doom. What? Uh, that one I disagree with. Yeah. See, yeah. Invisible Kingdom. Once in Future, fantastic series. Something is Killing the Children, fantastic series. Undiscovered Country, fantastic series. But I've noticed the ones that are winning are those ones that are more obscure. Uh, it's kind of like uh, what's the Oscars? It seems like the one that always wins is the movie that's only shown on 600 screens across the nation and right. nobody's ever heard of it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like... But that's not to say that there might not be some good stuff, you know. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them are smaller publishers and shops just don't sell them. They don't you know, they don't get them. A lot of that stuff's special order, so you have to see it in a previews or something to even think about uh, wanting to get it. That's how I found Ghost Tree. Um, Guts, I think that's the one of them that won. Yep. Uh, my kids have read that whole series. They love that series. They could, were ecstatic to get this new the one that called Guts. They think it's a great series. I looked at it, thought it looked kind of neat, but you know, um, yeah, just scroll through the nominees and stuff. Now, 
our listener Scott, he said he sent us a list off of I think was it Comicsology or something. Mm-hmm. And yep. looking through that, I got interested in a few. I mean, I read Gideon Falls. Still reading Gideon Falls. That's an amazing book. Um, a few of them looked interesting. I might check them out if I can track them down. But you know, I, I guess I just don't. I know the Eisners are supposed to be a huge thing, but nine times out of ten, it's the small press books that you just don't have any access to. That right, win it, unfortunately. So it's like I can't. I don't know. It used to. Be, it should be like I don't know. Like. Like the Kids' Choice Awards, right, where you vote. Do you vote for a Neisner? No. You don't. That's like um, when they're up for Best Comic Shop, right? Yeah. Who votes for that? Does the panel of the Eisner Awards vote for that? Because nobody does. I've never gotten anything ever saying, please vote for an Eisner Award. It's not like the best of Omaha, where you can vote. You get a huge magazine, you can vote for whoever you like. Right. And there's, there should be one. There should be a yeah, fan, well, you know. Was that the Wizard, or Wizard Awards that used to do that in the comics? Yes. That's what they need to bring back. I wish they'd bring that back because now again, I think every company, every publisher maybe submits one title to be nominated and then voted on. Right. Right. Uh, because you have that big coalition out there of X fans and, Oh, and X books is X book is up. I'm voting for it even if I've never read it and I'm not touching anything else or, you know, that kind of a deal. And I'm not just picking on X fans. Like you, you see it with all sorts of fandom. Batman. Batman's the greatest thing since sliced bread. We all know it's Betty White. Ugh. It's not Batman. <laughs> I'm just, you get where I'm going is that you have those big fan bases. Right. So if a publisher, <coughs> excuse me. So if a publisher comes out with something, and they are extremely proud of it, put that as your nomination. Right. Don't just put it because, well, it's Batman. Well, was that your best book? Probably not. Okay. Well, why aren't you putting out the best book? <laughs> yeah, like I will say that that Miracle Man that you were talking about, I've read yeah. half of it so far. Amazing. Yeah. It yeah. it deserves it. It deserves those awards because it is an amazing story. And the art is amazing. There are some books that have uh, won that I think are garbage. Yeah. It's like why? Why did you yeah, win? Absolutely. Is it just because the name of the person that wrote the book got it yeah. in there? 
And you got to figure that's part of the case in some of these books. Um, but, you know, oh, Alan Moore wrote it. It's got to be right. For it. Let's let's. He hasn't written anything in three let's years. Let's do all the ABC comics. Oh God, yeah. Right, just anything by Alan Moore was winning everything for quite a while. Yeah, and I'm not saying that some of them that won aren't the right choice. It's just if they're going to be put up. Um, maybe make a separate category for some of that smaller press stuff specifically for those awards. Yeah. But if you're going to put them up, hopefully it's going to be something that everybody has access to. I can't say that I can be able to go back into the shop and go up to Diamond's website and order half of these things. I don't even know if Diamond would have access to be able to get them. You know? Right. So that's the downside there. That's a good discussion. I like that. Fun stuff. Yep. All right, dude. All right. Well, before we go, I got to say it. You already know. But big event for me in my collecting career took me nine years to do it, but I finally completed my green lantern run. I now have issue one from the 1960 run to current, a complete storyline. I've picked up my last issue that I needed, um, out in Denver this last week, issue three and completed the run. So, I'm very excited about it and trying to figure out what I'm going to do next as far as collecting. There you go. Like, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do now. I know there's a couple issues I need to replace just because they're in bad shape, but I really guess I don't care so much if I find them for the right price, maybe, but I like to think my collection has personality. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, now i got to figure out what I'm going to chase after next. Because that was one of the things I did enjoy doing was the hunting portion of it. So I think you should go out and buy every issue of the Barbie Girl or the Barbie Twins that you can find. <laughs> every time you see one, just pick one up and have buy them all and so the prices go up. <laughs> No, thank you. I I would never do that. <laughs> oh, so bad. Oh. But. <laughs> you, I'm surprised you don't see more of them out there. Must be using the starter folder for most of Yeah, it's got to be. Um. <laughs> oh. I could go on about how shitty that book is, but. You know, the one other thing I would mention is... Um, the owner of Mile High, uh, he's been posting on Facebook. He had a surgery recently, and so he's not able to do a lot at Mile High Comics right now. Um, so he's been pit posting like kind of the history of how he started out and um, the people he's met through the years 
um, like, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name. What, who's the guy that did all this stuff with um, Stan Lee? Jack Kirby. Early. Jack Kirby. Thank you. I had Dick Cohen in my head, and I knew that wasn't it. Um, like, one of the stories he said was he made, contacted Jack Kirby to come to the opening of one of his stores. And that, like, a, two days before or something, he got into an accident. His wife called him up, said, hey, here's the deal. Um, he's not going to be able to make it. So he reached out, the owner reached out to Stan Lee, and Stan Lee said, yeah, I'll come and do it. Just pay for my flight and my room and board. I won't charge a fee to make an appearance. And came out and did it. Or time he had James Earl Jones come in. Or when he bought his first collection. Or I just read one the other day where they opened up a store um, just outside of, when they had a store in California, just off the Disneyland entrance uh, for one of the exits off the interstate. And they were raking in the dough. The city decided that they were going to do something else with that building. And so they were forcing them to move. He's been kind of just going through and doing history of Mile High, and it's been really, really interesting. I can't recommend it or not, or enough. Definitely go check that out. Who Scott's on? Hey, Scott. Testing one two three. Testing one two three. Am I getting through? Oh, yeah. Yep, you're on. Oh, good. I. I'm just uh, abusing this privilege to uh, test my new uh, wires on my new setup here. Yes. See if it works. Okay. All right. I'm done. No, I just kidding. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't think this would work. <laughs> oh, hey, great show, guys. Um, I did enjoy uh, that um, analysis of the... Uh, Eisner Awards for this year, and uh, so I wanted to say that. And I know that you're wrapping up the show, so I won't, <laughs> I won't bog you down very much. But hey, I can call in yeah, now. You can. <laughs> Anytime, Scott. Ruby. Uh, so, did you want me to talk about a comic real quick? Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Working. God. Uh, Okay, um, I'll give a shout out to a uh, oh, webcomic that I've uh, gotten into recently, and uh, oh, it's the one that uh, whenever a uh, new page pops up, I uh, rush to read it. It, and I posted a couple of weeks ago some screenshots over on the Discord. It's called Phantom Beige. And it's this no Phantom Rain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the author's name is Florian Beige. <laughs> so anyway, it. But it's a. It's not just a beautiful co comic, but it's also this really neat concept where uh, the events of each page are based upon uh, the uh, viewer feedback that he gets over Twitter and Tapas each week and understand this is a painted book so he's um it's got this a uh, really neat uh blue washed 
blue-gray color scheme to it. Um, and it's a... It's a, just a lot of fun to read and follow along. Hey, so I almost... Phantom Rain. And they... Yeah, the main character that you're controlling as the reader um, at, appeared to be uh, this guy who was shipwrecked, at least for the first uh, ch chapter and a half of the book. And uh, he was being, uh, and he was moving around this island. Um, he was. Uh, seeing the different weird animals around. There was some sort of ghost that was in the water that chased him at the beginning. And there is a spoiler that if you're going to uh, start reading from where it is now, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. You find out uh, about halfway through the book that the character you're controlling is not actually the shipwreck survivor. It's the phantom who is possessing the shipwreck survivor. And he can actually jump from body to body. Yeah, it does look really cool. Just, uh, so yeah, if you were paying there. attention wow. to the title, then it wasn't that much of a <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that much of a spoiler. Yeah. But it was a surprise to me. Because I'm a chump. No, it looks really cool. Like the artwork, the the color scheme that he yeah. uses. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. <laughs> Artwork's amazing. Yeah. I almost gave a review to a comic I didn't like, but I decided that this one deserved a shout out because he still has a very small uh, readership uh, despite this uh, amazing work that he's doing. And then the guy is either German or Danish. His name is Florian. So it's a. So he made it a silent comic. There is no language barrier there. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. They're just looking through this. Wow. I'll have to keep an eye on this one then. Okay. All right. And that's all I wanted to say. I appreciate the opportunity. Cool, Scott. You're, uh, you're welcome anytime. Thanks for joining. Yeah, anytime, Scott. Yeah. All right, Ryan, should we uh, close it up? Oh, absolutely. Cool. All right. So uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, we will be back next week um, with a new book and a new topic. So once we get all the details worked out on that, you'll learn about it next week. And uh, as always, go out and read more comics. It's been Ryan. Hey, Nick. Talk to you guys later. See you guys. Bye. Bye.